0: You are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is produced by Crawlspace Media. Welcome back to True Crime Twins. I'm Chloe. And I'm Melina. Thanks for listening. How's it going, Chloe? I'm good. You know, thinking about true crime, like always. Did you hear that Jesse Smollett was arrested again? I haven't heard about him in a really long time. Like, a year, maybe. Well, he's been indicted in Illinois for a couple of charges related to the alleged staged attack that he, you know, paid his two friends to do in Chicago. On himself. Yes. Yeah, that was that was wild. Like, I remember when that happened, I couldn't get enough of that. I was inclined to believe him at first, and there were a couple so, of... So was I. Yeah, and there were a couple of people that pointed out some of the details that just were kind of ridiculous, but I was just thinking who would who would do that who would do that <laughs> so I I really tried to give him the benefit of the doubt but I think there's a lot of evidence supporting that he staged it which is just horrible so I was actually upset when the DA uh, dropped the charges unexpectedly so I, was the city of Chicago like the police right, the commissioner like made a statement he like, sounded like he was gonna cry he was like this is he said this is a scar that our city did not deserve or something like that right um, and I think they have an active lawsuit against him uh, for damages for the costs of the investigation into that crime. So he um, has been charged again So and could probably face up to three years in state prison if he's convicted. Do we know what the charge is exactly? Is it fraud? Is it um, like false police report? I think some of the charges are about um, making false statements to Mm -hmm. the police. Right. reporting a heinous hate crime that he knew did not occur so yeah. that was the whole point of this was that it was it was to uh, provoke an emotional response because he just made it very heinous i'm seeing it's disorderly conduct six counts of disorderly conduct um and i think each of those have specific things related to what he did um including lying to the authorities so chloe what do you make of his like mental state i think like why do you think he <laughs> why do you think he would do this for attention i think that's really the only explanation for why he did this i think he really wanted attention and publicity cuz what he did like could have potentially like influenced politics <laughs> well people were talking about yeah. um like they were calling it a modern day lynching and there were and there was legislation for anti-lynching laws so p- some have speculated that maybe he was um i don't know trying to add fuel to the fire but um You know, no one except for him really knows exactly why he did it. But just watching how he's conducted himself since the incident, I feel like he has um, he he really just wanted attention. I think that he might be he might have a personality disorder. Yeah, it's it's really frightening. He's a liar. He's a compulsive liar, too. Yeah. Which can be seen in um, personality flaws, for lack of a better word. Yeah. So um, we'll see how this plays out. I think that he I think that he should be um, actually tried. I don't know whatever happened to that whole dropped case thing. Like there was apparently like a conflict of interest or something. But I do think that he should be tried for this. It looks like it'll happen. So we'll I'm sure of- he maintains his innocence. Well, he has. He He has not admitted to the farce. Yeah, it's even it's though honestly, the two, even though the two people that did it say admitted. that he paid him and have a check from him, I think it was $3,000. It's just so cringy. Well, I I it's, read it's something <laughs> I read something that said that he's a good actor but a terrible writer. Cuz he, wrote, he <laughs> like he made this whole like yeah. scenario in his head. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just you're right. Yeah. Just, he should stick to what he knows. But anyway, we'll be following that. So, But yeah. that's not what we're talking Very about today. To um, so what <laughs> are we talking about today? So you might have heard of it. You might have not. It is an unsolved, um, actually undetermined death. We're talking about Mytrice Richardson, who disappeared and was later found dead in Malibu, California. So, yes, she was 24 years old when she disappeared. It was actually... Um, it was subject to media attention because she disappeared shortly after leaving police custody so and not only that her mother uh the police were in contact with maitrice's mother uh, throughout the evening and she it's actually recorded like it's on record that she was saying on youtube please call me before you do anything don't just let her go but that's what they did and obviously the mother of someone that was arrested is not who the police answer to, I understand that, but she had expressed clearly that she had concerns about her daughter being let go in the mental state that she was clearly in. And let's talk a little bit more about that. Yes, Um, we need some background here, so let's talk about my trees (laughs) before I get on my soapbox. So she was um, a very intelligent, attractive... California girl. Yeah, very promising. She had graduated from uh, Cal State Fullerton in 2008 with a bachelor's degree in psychology She was in a committed relationship with Tessa Moon. She had plans to go to grad school. She was extremely put together and intelligent. She was employed as an executive assistant and was also a talented dancer, so worked as a go-go dancer. Some people have falsely reported that maybe she was an exotic dancer or a stripper. No. That is false. I think that she was just very fun-loving and she was really gorgeous, so I think that she was... Kind of, she was getting gigs like that. I think she danced once at like a Playboy party. I see her as like, you know, when you see the photos of her and you see her smile, I kind of, it reminds me of dance motivators you would yeah, see at like Sweet 16. Totally. You know, just someone with a, a, like a really lovely, uh, magnetic personality that just can like get people to have fun. Yes. Yeah, so she's very, very smart. She's gorgeous and she kind of has like a heart of gold. She like lives with her great grandmother at the time and takes care of her. Right. So she's also a caretaker, um, which is a very difficult undertaking as people who have been in that position know. And I mean, I don't know how uh, how much care the grandmother required, but I just think that's a lovely thing to do to take care of, you know, elderly people in your family. And I'm pretty sure that I read that that was like her choice. Like she volunteered to do that. So um, yeah, my trees was she was 24 years old. Yeah, she was a, she was a young woman. You know, a lot of people in their early 20s aren't typically doing that they're focusing on their own path but you know at the same time she was so this is someone who's buttoned up uh, lots of potential ambitious but uh, shortly before her disappearance my started to exhibit some erratic behavior and I think it got to the point where it can be considered altered mental status yeah she uh, just wasn't acting like her typical self so let's go back to the evening that she disappeared basically this whole story starts On the evening of September 16th, 2009, she drove by herself to a very high-end restaurant in Malibu called Joffrey's Restaurant, and she, even when she got there, like, even when the valet guy walked up to her, she was, like, saying some really weird stuff. Like, she said that she, like, knew Michael, I think Michael Jackson had died recently at that time. When did he die? 2009? I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. So... Like, unless she like, was predicting his death but i'm pretty sure he was already dead she was saying that she knew michael jackson and that like she was going to avenge his death and i think she also said something about going to mars so this is just very strange thought process here so she ends up going into the restaurant and joins a group you know, she starts, I think, eating alone and observes a group having fun uh, sitting together at a table. And she kind of took it upon herself, kind of approaches them and says, "Uh, may I join you? And, you know, she's lively, lively and engaging. And so I think they were probably put off a little bit, but they They were like, yeah, sure. Fine. So they, you know, let her join them. And she was saying similar statements. And I think when we're looking at it um, under a psychology lens, I would say that some of the things that she was saying were a little bit grandiose. You know, just saying that she's from another planet. And So what does like that, that mean? What does grandiose mean? Grandiose is viewing yourself in a delusional manner where you are uh, superhuman, otherworldly, superior to others. So why do you think that she was doing this? Like, why do you think she was saying these things? I think the, the grandiose odd statements... And erratic behavior, you know, just lacking um, kind of social boundaries like she was showing, just saying the weird things to the to the valet and joining that group. Being of expansive, strangers. very expansive. Yeah, I, I think that she was having some sort of either manic or psychotic episode. Or both. That night. Yeah, something, she, her, her behavior was certainly altered. I don't think she normally spoke that way. So. No, I don't think she did either. Like, I think that her girlfriend said she had, like, no history. Of anything. And no, was, no mental illness. So this is very, this is a new thing. Right. And I think maybe the day before she had left like an odd message on a friend's windshield that said black woman scorned and he had no idea. Like why? What she was talking about, wh- where that even came from. So something like that. So out of context sort of indicates bizarre. Bi- bizarre. Yeah. So I think that she was certainly going through something, maybe a psychotic or manic break. And something new. And it's right. probably very scary. But when you're like that, sometimes you'll make choices that you wouldn't otherwise make. Like right. going to this restaurant alone. She was incredibly vulnerable that night. Yes. So she racks up a bill, I think, of $89. Yeah. And, and this, who knows what she got? It's like a very expensive place. I, I think she got a steak or something but, really. And she yeah. could have just gotten like two cocktails and that would have been... Two cocktails and a steak. Yeah. That, that could have been $89. But yeah. anyway, sorry. So yeah, she was. She had a nice meal and didn't have any money to pay for it. And she, I think they ended up calling her grandmother from the restaurant or was it her mother that they called? I think that she called her great-grandmother and, and her great-grandmother was like, what? Like, like, it was like the middle of the night. She's like, what do you mean? Like, like okay like and she tried to like give them her credit card number over the phone and they were like, like they didn't accept that because like they also need like id or right. something and she or, was too old to handle a situation yeah so like it was weird that she would call her right kind of the wrong person to call because her mom would have probably taken care of it but she didn't actually need to call anyone there was money and her cell phone in her car there she was, was highly impaired there was no reason for her to not pay her bill she was acting like someone that had no money when she did have money insufficient funds to pay for that in her car which shows the level of impairment so, the people the, at Joffrey's called the police. Yep. Um out of concern for her, they really—they yes. weren't, like, you know, scared or upset. They are no. kind of just like, this girl kind of is acting weird. I got a very compassionate tone, actually, from the 911 caller. Um, you know, she, she just was a nice girl that was acting very strange, and they weren't really sure what to do. She can't seem to pay her bill. So, the police end up picking her up. They didn't find her, I think, her phone or her money to pay the bill which would have gotten her out of that situation and maybe they could have gotten her the help they clearly needed it was locked in her car but, but I, they did find they, marijuana they found her marijuana like, though so less than an ounce like whatever but they so they arrested her for possession i think and and failure to pay for for service now that's now that marijuana is legal um maybe they wouldn't have just arrested i mean we know they wouldn't have arrested her right away maybe they would have looked more and you know found her money found her phone and gotten her the Helped needed I'm a little, you know, this is the beginning of a lot of decisions that were made that were questionable, very questionable and upsetting. So they also, before they took her to jail, they determined that she wasn't like impaired on a substance, you know? So it's like, I don't understand why they would just take her to jail if she's reportedly acting this way. Like, I feel like that the first choice that I would have made, even though, you know, I probably would, will never be in this position, but just based off of what I know, they should have um brought her to the emergency room to evaluate her that like, would have been that would that would have protocol. actually helped her so the spokesman for the Los Angeles County Police Department said that you know people this was in response to people's complaints that she shouldn't have been released from jail that night he said that Mitrice was released from jail because she exhibited no signs of mental illness or intoxication she was fine she's an adult you know which is implying that people are acting like you know, they're overreacting. overreacting, acting like she's a missing child. But it's, I think it's well established by many witnesses that Maitreese was not okay and did show signs of impairment that night. Very much so. And I think that she, the fact that she had no phone, no money, no, she literally had like no personal effects. And they thought it would be okay to just let her go at 1230 in the morning. and Just even after talking to her mom, like, who knows? Maybe there was, like, a shift change. And that's what I'm thinking happened. And, and somebody, said, like, was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Fine. They, like, didn't even know about this. But yeah. still, that's still negligent to me. They said, you know, and I said they don't answer to her. But if you listen to the calls... The personnel at the station was promised. Receptive. He promised that she wouldn't be released until later. You know, you know when after the sun came up and it was daytime. Yeah, he promised. Her mom was like, she doesn't take the bus. She doesn't. Un-, she was like, yeah, she could take a bus, and she's like, no. She was like, she doesn't take the bus. So it's like, what would she have done? She didn't have money for the bus, even if she did. Yeah, I think it's it's clear that it was irresponsible for her to be released, but nonetheless, Mytrice was released at twelve twenty eight a. m. on September seventeenth with no belongings or any means for calling for help if she needed it. Right. So this was at the Malibu Lost Hills Sheriff's Department in Agora, California. And the next time that she was seen again was at 6.30 a.m., six hours later, five and a half-ish miles away from that station in a Calabasas neighborhood called Montanito. I think that's how you pronounce it. Montanito. Yeah, so it's basically just like a hilly mountainous area tons of mansions very affluent very affluent but also tons of like woods right yes it's very yeah, very sparsely populated right so she was seen at six thirty, five and a half miles away so she presumably got there on foot she was probably just wandering around all night is my guess yeah especially unless somebody picked her up and dropped her off there for whatever reason i don't see it dropped her off so nearby she was still in, in that the, same, in the same area yeah. few, uh, so many hours later she probably was wandering and you know when someone is that someone's clearly heavily impaired if if they're just wandering for that many hours you know how is she how is she relieving herself has she eaten has she anything to drink it's very disconcerting mm-hmm. so she actually ends up in the backyard of a former news anchor he opens his window uh, yells out and asks if she's okay and she says oh yes i'm just resting and then she kind she, of just takes off right um but she seemed kind of calm and relaxed in his backyard and he thought that her affect was strange so i believe that he called the police right yes he did but i don't think the police handled it with much urgency because you know she was gone so there wasn't an active threat which i understand yeah and and it's not like she really did anything like sure she was trespassing she was on somebody's lawn but i think that people can really explain that away they can be like oh yeah they had a rough night and somehow like wandered off and ended up there and like passed out but she's gone now like you said so she was found in malibu In that area where she was last seen by the guy who called the police about her. Yes, um, like in that very same vicinity. She was naked and uh, mummified, lying in a creek bed. So the detectives in the case against the orders of the coroner actually removed her body from the scene. They were not able to determine a cause of death. It's... Unclear if she was murdered or if she died of natural causes. She was basically bones. I don't think she had any, um, like viscera, internal organs, anything like that. It's funny, you know, some sources will say mummified. Doesn't that mean that some tissues preserved, or could that mean you think if it was just bones, I, I read a report, a pretty official report that said that they only found bones and that they weren't all together. Okay, so perhaps. Just, I, but well, I also read that as well. I also read that somewhere else. But, but this was like an official police report. It was like a coroner. Like basically it was about the protocol that the detectives breached by removing her body without waiting for the coroner to arrive. Why the hell? But if she was just bones, how would they know that she was naked? Because, you know. She, if, her Because there would be clothes on her. W- well, I mean, with animal activity, if a body's in the woods, I feel like. They found her clothes elsewhere. Right. But couldn't have that been removed by animals. Or she could have removed it herself. I I just don't know how they could know for sure whether or not she was wearing them. But, I mean, not... Her her remains did not have clothes is all I can say. And that could mean a couple of things. It can indicate, you know, a sexual assault. But I've read, too, that people... Or just tampering with the body after. Tampering with the body after. But I think sometimes when people, I think, are freezing to death... They take off their clothes because i think you what yes i've read that you have the sensation of becoming really hot so it's not uncommon uncommon when people are about to freeze to death to take off all of their clothes yes if that's if that's what happened right so it's just another potential situation where i don't think it's logical to speculate unless they know i don't know how they know for a fact that she wasn't wearing clothes yeah i think they found some of her clothes like farther away like more towards the houses like Mm -hmm. less into the woods Um, So because of her level of um, decomposition, they couldn't determine if it was a homicide, but it's obviously extremely strange and suspicious circumstances. They found her body by chance because they were actually looking for like a site where marijuana growers were were growing a crap ton of marijuana and like trafficking. Like it was it was like a high scale operation at one point. So I believe that the police were originally out there. Looking for signs of that. And then when they stumbled upon her. So um, it was completely by chance. And I just, I feel like that this all could have been prevented. This was like each step along the way, like you said before, like it was like the beginning of just a series of steps, right? And the protocol exists for a reason. And I feel like if the protocol was followed appropriately, this wouldn't have happened. She would have gotten help and she wouldn't have died because no matter how she died if it was because she was so out of it that she starved or froze to death in the woods because she got lost and couldn't figure out how to get back to the road or if someone killed her either way she was unnecessarily vulnerable when she was in the protection of police just a few hours earlier mm-hmm. it's it's just it's a really disturbing story her parents actually sued the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and in 2011 they were each awarded four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a settlement so what does that say is, is that admitting wrongdoing or is it just settling just preventing you know future legal action it, all we could do is speculate I think a settlement doesn't necessarily uh, indicate that the person that's settling is admitting to guilt often it's just I don't want this to go to court I don't want to deal with this anymore here's a payout we're done sometimes um, people are unwilling to drop a lawsuit until a person says on the record that they're guilty which I've actually seen before there was a a local case where uh, in Connecticut where a 13 year old boy killed no I'm sorry an 11 year old boy killed a 13 year old boy this was in Wilton Connecticut although he was later arrested for manslaughter charges in relation to the crime the parents of the victim also had a lawsuit against, you know, the alleged killer, and they only agreed to drop it if he said in a courtroom on the record that he was responsible for the death of their son, whose name was Nick Pariseau. So where does this case stand today, Melina? It's still unsolved. There is a new sheriff in town at the Lost Hills Sheriff's Department. I believe it's Sheriff Villa Nueva who seems very determined. It's good to have a new set of eyes, right? Certainly. He definitely seems to care about the case. I think I'm sure that the relations between members of the sheriff's department and the community and the family and the family, it's, it's really difficult to heal. Probably irreparable. The um, California attorney general's office uh, investigated the sheriff's office handling of the case at the request of the Richardson family. And, uh, The attorney general at the time was actually Kamala Harris she uh, replied that there were no grounds for uh, criminal charges against the sheriff or his deputies she also found no evidence of mishandling of the Richardson case interesting but in January of 2016 the office reversed itself and announced that it was beginning a criminal investigation of the case. So I'm not really sure where this is all coming from. This whole case is just flip-flops. It's poorly handled. Everything's, like, against protocol. There's questionable choices. But it seems like that, based off of the press conference that happened at the anniversary of her disappearance in 2019, they seem to have, like, a renewed passion for this, and they've offered a reward of $30,000 that um, three cities that kind of she encountered that night, so Malibu, Agora, and Calabasas together are offering $30,000, and there's an anonymous tip line. So who can people call if they have information about the Mitrice Richardson case? They can call the following number, 310-906-0435. So, Chloe... I'm kind of comparing this to the more Murray case because even though um, nobody's found Maura Murray, they really don't know what happened to her. Just like people, just because they have Maitreza's body, it doesn't mean that they are any closer to knowing what happened to her. They just know that she's dead. But right. they don't know if she wandered off in the woods and expired to the elements i hate that i don't know why i just said that sentence i'm sorry but people say that <laughs> i know it's i feel like, you like made I, it I just that somewhere and i just took i just went for it but so she that, her- that expression is not your fault you're not responsible for it <laughs> she either died from exposure or someone did something to her yeah so not only is this case you know frustrating and it has you know political implications as well plenty of my trees was an african-american woman and she was also a gay woman so i mean not that the police would have been privy to her sexuality but in her who knows who knows what she said to them in her i mean when they were reaching out for people to contact she could have mentioned that she had a girlfriend so there was a lot of outcry that the police would have handled it very differently if it was a white person you know it's Malibu it's Los Angeles if it was a celebrity would they have ever let her go in the middle of the night with no resources probably not so I think that was a huge source of anguish and frustration for her family and loved ones and I completely understand why
1: so I don't blame of, them Sorry. I don't
0: I don't either no worries just on top of all of that there's also just this extremely mysterious element element you know and I can't imagine what it's like for the family to not even have the closure of how their daughter died right. of what happened to her so, based off of what we know, let's try to like kind of get into her head a little bit. I know that might be difficult, but imagine being her. She's been awake. Who knows? Possibly for days. If she was mani- if she was manic, she yeah. is wandering around. Her muscles are fatiguing. She's tired. She's- for people who, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but a lot of people will kind of associate certain psych terms as something significantly less severe than it actually is so people will say like oh i have to keep my desk just so i'm so ocd or (laughs) or like if they're hyper oh i'm so manic um for people that don't know someone that's really manic uh will go without food water rest for a long period of time which makes it worse which is like the whole point yes you'll, you'll hear stories of people just pacing through the night just walking all night people pacing back and forth in their yards there's just they're so out of it that there is no awareness of um basic needs like toileting you don't don't think about it sleeping you, you don't think about it so if she was really in that mental state and i think there is every indication that she was she would have walked until her muscles fatigued like you said it wouldn't be like her body saying like okay this is an unreasonable amount of walking that we're doing. You shouldn't be wandering around the canyons of Malibu for miles miles and miles and miles without asking for help. And I mean, who knows? Maybe there was no one to ask help from. And we don't know what happened in those six hours. We have no idea who she encountered. Like nobody's come forward. No, maybe they have and they're just withholding that information for whatever investigative purpose. But nobody knows what exactly she was doing in that six hour period in between when she left the police station and when she was seen at 630. So she could have encountered people. She could have not. And if she and I mean, it seemed you know, if she if she hadn't, if she was just alone that whole time, just wandering and wandering, I don't think that, you know, she's already manic, I think, without food and water and, you know, with the exhaustion, I think the confusion escalates. I don't think it's totally far-fetched that she could have died naturally. I agree, but we also need to put, put in, in yeah. consideration the um, impulsivity, the com- just complete and utter vulnerability that she was in. So, sure, she could have been vulnerable to... Um, just dying in the woods but she also was so vulnerable to a person hurting her right she had no stranger danger she asked you know I mean obviously when you're in a public place she's not in any danger asking a group of strangers to you know to join them for dinner but she seemed to lack typical like social mores like she didn't have those boundaries so I think she was more susceptible to suggestion and more susceptible to being tricked or convinced somebody could have just seen that From just seeing her because she's clearly not in in a good way. Oh, the way that she, I'm sure that she was kind of, you know, slowly walking around. The way that she was acting in her whole affect was probably inappropriate for the surroundings. It's not like she's dressed for traversing in the hills of Malibu. It's just, yeah. No, she was probably dressed for dinner. Right. Yeah. With, With whole, carrying nothing. Carrying nothing. Just, she just had her clothes. That's it. No ID, no nothing. So she's literally a perfect target. So I just, I wish that we had more information. I wish that there, I, I wish so many things about this case, but most of all, I wish that there was any evidence at all. Like with certain things, like when, I mean, certain circumstances when bodies are found and they're to that level of decomposition where you can't um, determine what exactly happened. There are sometimes things that will help you figure out what happened. Like for example, with the Casey Anthony case, her daughter, Kaylee, she was, she was, found in the woods just bones but it's like but she was a child so it's like how does a child end up in the woods so it's like obviously something bad happened to her there's no reasonable explanation otherwise right but there isn't a reasonable explanation here because she was an adult she could have wandered it's true yes absolutely um but she also could have been put there and i think I, i read in a few places that the land where she was found on i think People produce pornography there. It's like the valley, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, actually, maybe not. I don't. Is, no, no I've I read that too. The valley is a San Fernando valley. She was in Malibu. There's multiple valleys. But when people say the valley... That, that's what they mean? I think they mean San Fernando valley. Okay. So what do I so Maybe somebody can confirm this, an, this to this us. This is an East Coast show. A- yes. Any California listeners, please. I just don't want to act like I know what I'm talking about when I don't... Know You're right. No. When it comes to California, I really don't. But, but I did... Uh, <laughs> I'm not blaming the valley if this is the wrong valley, but... Um, Yeah, she was found in an area where, I guess, in some of those houses that porn was filmed or is filmed, and they were there to investigate drug trafficking as well, so maybe this isn't a very good area. Right, she could have encountered someone that was perhaps uh, on the fringes. Yeah, and like this guy who called the police and saw her, I don't know, I don't want to be too upfront, but why should we trust him? Oh, we shouldn't. I think people see that he's a news anchor and they see that he's you know are you all right <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um but i think witnesses claim to have seen her in his tennis courts i think some people said that she saw my trying to enter his home or, or it looked like she was trying to enter or leave right but, and they also heard screaming right so what if what if he did something to her that's yeah. possible And there's also no way of really knowing if she did die on September 17th, 2009, she could have been alive for days or weeks or months. We really don't know. She could have been held at one of those houses or she could have died that night or rather that morning. It's maddening how little is actually known. I really hope that more answers um, can come to the surface at some time soon. Mm hmm. Um, In terms of victimology, I do think that it's likely that somebody did something to her because she was kind of a really um, vulnerable target. But I just don't know. But that's my instinct. I think when you're thinking about people that, you know, die or because of starvation or exhaustion due to a psychotic mental state, I think that she also Meets the victimology of that profile as well. So you. Can, what do you think is more likely, though? What do you think? What do you think happens more often? Like, like somebody the, that's yeah. in that state, somebody that's in that state. Do you think that they're more likely to be victimized or more likely to accidentally die? It's an impossible question for a non-statistician to answer. I have no clue. I think that both are extremely uncommon circumstances, and both have a lot of conditions. So I, I think there's really maybe that statistic is out there somewhere. But I think when you're in that mental state with conditional statistics you are more likely to have one of those two things happen to you i don't know which one is more likely yeah 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 i'd love to know but my my instinct is that somebody did something what's your instinct i have no idea for for some reason i'm arguing that she died of starvation but i don't know if that's actually because of what i believe or if i just feel like arguing okay well that's just me being honest (laughs) Well, we want to know what everybody else thinks. I really think that this case deserves more attention. I think yeah. more people should be talking about it because I do think that it's true. Like, I think that she was on the cover of People or something. She was. And there's just so little to work but on. Yeah, there is There is little because to work there's on. Is there something that we're missing? Like, anyone a, that's a listening. Is there, uh, I know that we're missing a lot. And I think that a lot is missing to the general public. But, you know, the general public who is listening to this right now, if there's any big thing that we're missing, if there's a detail that you think kind of pushes it over the edge on what possibly could have happened to her, please, you know, join the conversation because, it, I mean, honestly, I think about this case a lot. Yeah. It's just one of those things that should have never happened. And again, anybody who might know anything at all, it is 310-906-0435. We want justice for Maitreese.